0: Alright, welcome to episode 30 of Solid 60. Uh, better get this done, because I've got to go get a haircut that I was supposed to get done before packs. Just never quite found time. All this having a sleep after work, and then sitting down and chilling out on Netflix, and suddenly it's 6 o'clock, and you don't want to go to the shops because, well, the hairdressers already closed by then, plus. You could go to the gym, but trying to get into that uh, car park is a bit of a nightmare lately. God knows when they'll fix it. Apparently it's not till mid next year. Date watch it is the 5th of November getting belated I was supposed to do this last Monday and it is Monday a week later so I will have to try and fit another one in sometime this week hopefully I have something to say because even more than a week since PAX yeah not really a lot going on my first day back on the job I managed to get the truck stuck in the sand at Narrabeen so that was quite good welcome back so to say just straight back into it generally nothing really changed too much we haven't had a game tonight. Or done a uh, banana split i managed to edit the last one though and get it up online and apparently it is being uh picked up by the proper apps and everything now like whoever it was i think it was barry from brain trust brothers or whatever it used to be called did the right thing uh once i got in the correct links and it finally rebooted and now it's going up on the original iTunes RSS feed or whatever it's supposed to be. So God knows if I can stay on this editing podcast app thing. Hang on. (laughs) Network, Is it that hard? So if I can stay on the current network for the next say 50 years, I mean, Anthony Skinner who runs it is quite young. Other than not being super fast at getting back to me, he seems to be, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's gonna give it a good shot. So hopefully, with it for at least a few more years and uh, yeah fingers crossed then we'll just you know slowly build those skills this is always just going to be a fun little personal thing I'm never really going to have a like a hard and fast like direction with it unless I ever get some feedback and someone's like yeah well, you really need to do it this way or that way or I might listen to that but I think uh, Banana Split's probably the one where we're going to nail down like a, a proper theme and actual direction like maybe structure it maybe have a certain segment then another segment but so far, it's always always been just a bit of fun, and the last one I thought was was alright. Might have gone a bit long, but there was a lot of meandering and random conversations. But I thought it was good. Uh, it was funny though. Listening to another podcast today, I'm trying to run through all the uh, downloaded A ones from NPR, which variable in interest. Like sometimes, like they're talking about YouTube as a medium and how that's changing. And the various challenges it's facing in terms of being a library and how they edit the algorithms to be responsible, uh, so you don't have someone basically screaming fire in a crowded theatre. And the modern equivalent of that is, is of course, all the Alex Jones and conspiracy theorists out there. You know, how much airtime do we really give them? Where do you draw the line on freedom of speech versus being a responsible curator of media? Yeah, it's an interesting question. So that's basically not the podcast I was trying to think of. I was trying to think of one where the guy was talking about something called Meet the Press, which is apparently an institution in America, which I've never really caught growing up. I think it was purely on American TV. Uh, They have had some famous interviews over the years, though. You know, Fidel Castro in the 50s. Frost vs. Nixon, I'm not sure that was on Meet the Press, but that kind of thing, that level of statecraft seriousness and it used to be a bunch of journalists like hammering a politician or whoever, and now it's just one-on-one with a moderator. But yeah, it sounds interesting, and it's really high-brow stuff. But this guy was saying now that what they have to do is even f- with huge guests, like say Obama, they'll make it 15 to 20 minutes long, because any longer people just tune out. And even then they'll have to like split it up with uh, a bit of panel talk, a bit of uh, cutaways, to different things. It's like, damn, people can't hang around for an interview like that. Who's gonna listen to hour-long podcasts where I just talk about what I need to do this week? Probably just me in like 30 years reminiscing and going, wow, I really needed to get a life. That was interesting, but I think still, it's a different medium and if people like Joe Rogan can do three hour podcasts with just the same two or three people on it and there's enough, like that's one of the most popular ones out there, then clearly if you've got the quality content, not that I'm saying I do, but you've got to get there somehow. Uh, if you did have it, then you could manage to do a longer length. length you could do a le- lengthy podcast and get away with it, but obviously I've just got to build that content and the style and everything. Whereas something like Meet the Press, it's on TV and people don't have as many distractions or something else to do. That's why podcasts are popular because you can do other things while doing it and you might be more tolerant of, you might allow more time for things like that. Whereas a show like Meet the Press, you're sitting on your couch, you know, it's got to hold your attention. So there's a little bit a bit of a difference in the medium there. Sounded cool, though. I wouldn't mind catching a bit of it now and then. It's a pity there isn't a podcast version. Like a lot of shows, like 2020 and a very similar version of that on a different channel where it's just like uh, true crime and stuff like that. It's basically like 60 minutes. But the podcast version, which is a little frustrating because they haven't really changed it. They've just lifted the audio from the TV show. And now and then they'll go... Like, she was wearing this dress, and he was driving that car. And look at them now. And it's clearly a visual show sometimes, which doesn't really work in an audio medium. But I should not look at Facebook while doing this. It's a little confusing. I will look at these articles, though. There's something about uh, the mum who shielded her baby from a house storm. That's how long it's been since I've done a Beyond the Con. I just lost interest. Like, I never got any feedback. And I've got to admit, eventually that did pull me down into... A con- not really depression, but just like, well, why am I doing this? I know I want to improve my writing, but you know, I don't even, I don't think I've ever really had much of like specific feedback from a con review. Now and then, like a comment will be, oh, you, you know, usually like a typo being pointed out, but at least that meant someone read it. Well, it's very rare that I'll get one from, yeah, my Beyond the Con. So it kind of, when I've got a lot of things to do, Work's been quite busy servicing these two extra clients, That uh, even though one of them, like AWJ, is coming and going. And then you would come home tired and this and that. And I'm seeing Gabriel a lot more now, which is good. It makes it hard to commit, to go like, all right, I need to put aside a couple of hours and put this together. I'm going to get back on the horse eventually. But, you know, that just shows how long it's been. It's nearly a month. The other th- you know, these are a couple of things I put aside. Like, I haven't even been on the website I use for it. Uh, which is farc.com, to get all the news from, which ironically, I probably get just as many articles from less time spent on things like Facebook and Reddit. I sure spend a lot of time on those sites. It's not as, I don't really have a systematic, organized way of going through that. It's just randomly scrolling, and now and then something will pop up and I'll grab it, whereas like Fark, I'll go one by one by one through every single section. I'm not sure the payoff is worth it, but... That's one of these weird OCD things that I do. I've got another article about the actor Finn Jones reacting to the Luke Cage cancellation. He tweeted a photo of his fist hitting Cage's open palm, uh, and then he's got a simple heart and hearts representing each hero. But you know what was it? What did that mean? It's about as cryptic as uh, the one that Henry Cavill posted with him, like doing little references to Superman. Everyone's like, yeah, but are you still Superman? We don't know. It's the middle of November almost, and we still don't know. There's been a lot of consternation about his costume tests for The Witcher. Go over too well, lots of memes being made with like bad white wigs. Obviously, you still got to do a lot more work. Get the scar, the eye patch, things like that. Not really an eye patch, but there's definitely something wrong with his eye. They've got a lot more work to do. I know it'll get better. He'll pull it off. It's Netflix. They'll do it right. But yeah, comic book, Marvel. I'm on this comicbook.com. First, The Walking Dead movie, Eyes 2019 production start. That's good. That will make money. I don't know how it'll work because you know, you need to uh, have seen everything up to that point. And I don't know how many people will, will have done that. He's I mean, got a lot of fans. Even if just everyone who watches the show watches the movie, it'll make money. I didn't know that's a thing. I'll uh, certainly have to catch up on it And I'm not going to get Foxtel, so I don't know how I'll do that. I'm going to have to get a bloody VPN, aren't I? There's a photo of Mark Ruffalo and Tom Holland on a Tron ride. His true squad goals. Why don't they show... Oh, there we are. A rare photo of leakers evading the Marvel snipers after spoiling the A4 title. That is cute. That's from the uh, Reddit, of course. That's all comicbook.com does, is troll Reddit for news. Which, I've got to admit, I've done now and then. Speaking of which, let's go over to the front page. I'm basically stealing the, what are those meme for nearly everything I say now, which is not getting annoying at all. But yeah, I don't need to stick to a certain thing. Because if I just scroll down the front page, like you see some cool stuff, but a lot of it's GIFs and images and it doesn't really work on a podcast. Like there's a little video there of a tr- miniature train set and they've got one of the trains kind of drifting, a like, double drifting across tracks on a corner it looks really cool, but not really doing it justice by just telling you what it's doing so i will go to the old t-i-l which i haven't seen for a while some reason all the top posts in the search result was like terraria whatever that is tornado appeared out of nowhere in dc after the british set fire to the white house in 1814 putting out the flames and killing more soldiers than the american resistance well that's fucking handy i'm sure uh, i wonder how much of a difference that made Tank from The Matrix was adopted by Tommy Chong. Right now I have to know what Tank is. I'm assuming it's a dog. Marcus Chong is an American actor. Oh no, he's actually like a Okay, so his adopted father was Chong. Was born Marcus White to an African-American family. His father was a sports reporter. Chong was adopted in 1978 by Tommy Chong and his second wife Shelby Fittis. He began acting at age nine. I still haven't seen a photo of him. He's been in a lot of movies, including the matrix as tank, which, you know, you can click on, and it goes down to a little description, but no photos. What the, I'm going to have to Google that. I don't know why I care, but I really need to know. Marcus Chong, the operator on board the Nebuchadnezzar. I never really worked out how to pronounce that properly. Finally, we get a photo. Wow. He's a fairly built dude. That's, there's like one really hard to see photo. It's like he's one of the people on the screen and, oh, there's a Matrix wiki. And it's all dark. Of course, everything in that movie's dark, but come on. But oh yeah, he's a good looking dude. I think I've seen him in a few other films as well. Marcus Chong. Oh, there you go. I did not know he was adopted by the King of Weed himself. I could fit a quarter of a processed cow in a standard residential fridge freezer. Speaking of fridges, did I already mention that I won one. From that uh, 4 drive show that i went to a couple of weeks ago that was definitely worth going to my boss bought me a guacamole dip nachos thing which was nice even though i would already ate lunch i was like i'm not going to say no to free food uh, especially from a truck i want a freaking fridge i've looked them up they're worth over 500 and mine has a cool picture of trucks on it because it's from hino or someone like that and i didn't have to drive very far to pick it up and that's occasionally a bit of noise that you might hear jumping in on this podcast just that uh, low hum of a fridge as it, I don't know, winds up to make sure things are cold. I've already filled it up with a crate of Coke Zero cans, which is all the coal I have left at the moment. So I'm about to go to the shops, get that haircut and uh, maybe make the five o'clock gym session. There's a circuit training because so I really want to get into that, get myself sort of warmed up for the new year so I can hit the ground running with the fitness stuff. It's gotta, I've got to make it a regular thing. In the meantime though, this is, I'm only 15 minutes in. And of course my phone's ringing. I bet I know who that is even though I said I was recording. Ish, I'll ring that back. Oh, I'm getting all sorts of idiots. I'm in this group, right? I don't know if anyone who listens to this can join it. It's called Sydney Skeptics. And it keeps me honest because I don't want to be in a silo. These people, I swear they're just trolling. This guy named Marek. And I can not even pronounce his last name. Clearly, an immigrant himself, living in America. For some reason, he's in a group that's largely based in Sydney. There's a bunch of Americans in it. And all they do is like go on about... They're basically a lot of alt right very far-right type actors. And they're just jumping up and down about how. I get it with the political correctness going too far now and then. I get that. I'm more of a... I don't want to say liberal. It's. I'm not going to look it up. I don't even know where to start. But it's basically... Like, I was all about everything being open, no censorship, small government, as long as no one gets hurt. But then I looked into it more and I realized that pretty much anyone that was also identifying as that thing pretty much didn't want any taxes and the government to do anything at all, which goes against my more left-wing principles of, hey, we should probably have hospitals, they're handy, and roads and basic services like that. And maybe, you know, like a basic security net, safety net for the underclass, the oppressed, the poor, poverty's big problem. Politics, I've been slowly being dragged into like thinking of debating to a degree in politics. And it's very much a toe-in-the-water-sites type situation because when it comes to debating, it really exposes how little I know because these guys will start throwing around statistics and then I'm like, well, they're not the ones I'm hearing. And I'll try and throw some in, and they're like, oh, but from, that's from CBS or CNN, and that's fake news. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I had to block a, at least one guy, because no matter what I say, he would twist it and turn it into it, basically jump up and down about how he won the argument and how he totally owed me and, and all this. And it was like, well, no, but that's not what I was saying. And it's got to the point where even the admin of the group, who has a page called Sydney Skeptics, and he'll post as the page is is the same like i was having this argument and everything i said was being completely turned upside down And no matter how many times i tried to explain it it was like oh no you're just wrong and you're saying this and it's really hard and it just again exposes how hard it is when you've got someone playing politics as a sport who no matter what you say or what facts you use they're like no you're wrong because they're my team and i'm going to support it no matter what but I keep banging my head against the wall and throwing in the old Trump meme because I think, well, this will be it. Finally, they can't deny how obviously stupid this is, you know, with the chain migration the hypocrisy of him wanting to change all the amendments to the Immigration Act and have it so you can't have, like, the Ducker thing and the chain migration, and which is exactly how his own family got in and his, yeah, his wife, his current wife and some of their children. It's like, if you change the rules... And then he tried to get in as a civilian, like just a citizen. Once those rules were changed, he wouldn't be able to do it. Not himself, but, you know, his wife and his children and her parents and all that. So it just seems kind of odd that you're going to go after the very thing that has allowed your own family. And the hypocrisy is really obvious. And all the critics, when you go to the God page where I saw the meme, it's like, yeah, this is really obviously... A ridiculously hypocritical thing whenever i listen to npr or any other podcast where politics come up it's always quite clear that he's lying on a daily basis like there's some washington post fact-checking thing that uh, almost every day has to add like five more things that he's lied about and they like to say falsehoods because they don't want to be a hard like this is a lie that means that he knows it's a lie whereas half the time he just doesn't seem to know what he's talking about and makes things up which isn't they like to use the word falsehood instead because that doesn't imply as much intent. But uh, I think that's you know probably giving him too much leeway. Just call it what it is. My thought on that, I'm not sure. I'm just still learning to disengage from people that aren't serious about talking. Like if you're just going to flip everything upside down because you want to win, no matter what the fact is, then why even talk? so there's a couple in there which seem to be not on the fence but at least open to I don't I've got to admit, I haven't really seen too many people get their mind changed from an argument that's what I'm waiting for basically I've got this endless hope that one day I'm going to see someone I've seen it on Reddit where people have gone I I have this stance this is where I'm standing and someone else will go yeah okay I appreciate that but what about this and this and this and then I go oh wow I was wrong and then come over to the other side the other side's probably the wrong term to um way to phrase it but just go oh okay I was wrong about that one issue now I see that there's more to it thank you for correcting me you know I'm, I'm yet to see that in this group there's a few people that give me some hope that are more reasonable yeah I'll keep hammering away and I really need to learn how to not take things to heart so much like I'm, I'm working on my not trolling but like not sort of just spamming random gifts when I get upset and just go okay not take things like personal insults When they start flying, just back away and wait till we can actually find someone to talk to again rather than engaging in that because it's just, there's no point. So that's, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna ignore this Merrick guy because all he does is troll. Make Trudeau a drama teacher again is his um, profile pic. And it's just like, you wish you had Trudeau as president. That would be uh, a much better place. Why is my dad so extra, extra what? I'm just looking at a meme. Another reason to not look at Facebook, because, yeah, again, it's 99% visual. You can read out silly posts, but generally it's all like uh, memes and little videos. Meat ants can bite, but it's kind of like putting a peg on your nipple. It's a bit annoying, but it doesn't really hurt. Good to know. The screenplay for the James Bond movie, You Only Live Twice, was written by Roald Dow. I knew that. I knew he'd written a James Bond thing. The military is developing a robot which feeds on organic material for fuel. What's the worst that could happen? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Seven years ago? What's seven years ago? That he joined? I'm so confused. Why is everything seven... I'm really confused. Maybe it's an old Today I Learned. Oh. Okay, they changed the name. Please please use our Today I Learned instead. Good to know. All right, so let's try that something that isn't seven years old now that's one way to go through the ar- archives it's still not everything is just TIL subreddit results all right what if I go to my home and then I go to my favorites because I thought it was in there but it's not I'm gonna have to make it a favorite but then not get too carried away because then my favorites list will be just as long as the list of stuff I'm already subscribed to and that will get ridiculous if that would ever happen though, might I've pretty much subscribed to every single subreddit, it's insane and takes about half an hour to go through the entire list. Uh, I'm in T right now and it's just like, oh oh, there we are, it is a favourite, so how the hell, oh it's right there, I just completely skimmed it and yeah, did not see it. So here's something a bit more recent, five hours ago, and I'm looking at uh, Hot, not Salt by New. I should be hardcore on Salt by New, but I'll look at what's hot first. During World War II, black U.S. soldiers stationed in England were drinking in a pub with local people when U.S. military police arrived to stop them getting served and arrest them for not segregating. The white local people in the pub defended the black men, which eventually led to a riot and gunshots. That's fucking awesome. How is that not... It's probably not an entire movie, but it definitely should be a scene in a movie. I haven't seen that bomber squadron movie um, about the black guys that flew a bunch of uh, bomber planes in World War II. That should probably be in that movie. The Wiggles, at the peak of their popularity in the late 90s, travelled in two planes so that in the unfortunate event of a crash, half the group would survive to continue touring. Damn, that is dark. Creators of Parks and Rec, Bob's Burgers, Brooklyn 99, Silicon Valley, Modern Family... Gee, there's a lot. Okay. They all got their big breaks on King of the Hill. Wow. These are like all amazing shows. Modern Family, Good Place, American Dad, Rick and Morty. Well, it was never my favorite show, but God damn, thank the Lord that it exists. But yeah, I just, I probably like it. I just, I've only seen like two episodes and the humor is a little slow and dry for me. I love dry humor, but it's, I think it's very localized. I don't know. I'll give it a chance one day. I still got a lot to catch up on. I recently got back into Dirk Gently's detective agency. That's been amazing. It's the pacing, the surrealism, the intelligence. It's all there. The acting, it's on point. And I'm really disappointed that there's no third season. Yeah, I also managed to catch a film which was A Star Is Born. Let's go to IMDb. I think it's doing really well money-wise. I can finish that off. That can be the final part of this podcast. I had a Daily Mail like article like, you know, tabbed, saved. And it's not there anymore i can't remember what it was so i just have to because now when i go to there it's it's just the main like daily mail australia page which is just cancer even though a friend of mine works for them and he was he was recommending like a podcast co-host for a while and that never quite panned out just the guy never got in touch blah blah blah, and it's doing well with jade so i do want to start one with another guy that's on my list he's a film reviewer and he does articles for like actual magazines like film link and empire things like that he's got quite a prodigious output but he doesn't have a podcast and he i noticed he has like a blog website type thing and you can subscribe and he'll send you emails with a lot of his thoughts and blogs and reviews and things and it's really cool and he's got quite a following and i'm like well you know and you can paid to become a patreon supporter and apparently if he meets a certain stretch goal he might start doing a podcast and i messaged him a few weeks ago and i'm like why don't you just how about i come over with my laptop and a mic and we start doing one he's like yeah sure that's cool and then i didn't really follow up i guess i'm a little nervous it's like the whole thing with interviewing meow meow ludo and ken abbott like they've been quite busy but i never really pushed him on it Um, but i should really do that i'm just a little nervous about Proper, like they're not exactly that high profile, but they've still there'd be a lot more scrutiny on an interview like that. Like actual people would be hearing it and go, hmm, You could have done better here or there. And I, I shy away from that kind of attention. So I want it, it's like a double edged sword. I want it, but then I'm the whole like, oh, but I'll put it out there and I'll get ridiculed. And I'm a bit scared of that, but I know I have to overcome that and just do it. Like, I had questions for the Ken Abbott thing. I don't know where they are now, but I, I'm sure I could knock them up again. Yeah. Even did the, went to his house party. You know, it was not the best time to go, hey, let's do a little interview. Yeah, I'll get in touch. And I haven't really been in touch since that party because I'm a little, like, nervous that I said something wrong. I'm, I'm way overthinking it. But I don't know how to sort of go, hey man, are you having another party soon? Because that was like a birthday or something. I guess I'll just have to wait another year. i got some... The Daily Mark, God. I mean, you thought the Daily Telegraph was a tabloid. This thing is 10 times worse. Oh yeah, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2. Huge opening, long awaited game, the biggest opening weekend in entertainment history. The only game that's made more on release is obviously Grand Theft Auto Five, but that came out like a Tuesday. So this still counts as the largest weekend. So good for them. And there's been lots of memes and videos and, and rave reviews since. And I'm a little bit jealous but also glad I don't have it because I'd be out there trying to rustle every single of the 19 breeds of horse that's in it. But I would have zero other things to do. I would just be doing that because no idea what all that noise is, but it's a good sign to wrap this up. I still got to find that movie though. And uh, 8.3, yeah, got a good review, which is the only reason I was like, I reached out to Karen. I'm like, yeah, we could probably swatch this. I know you're into it. She likes Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. It's about singing. And, yeah, she absolutely adored it. And we both cried like little babies. How about the box office? It's always a bit too hard to find. I always have to sit there just staring at it for 10 minutes going, hmm, cast, details, box office. A lot. It's opening weekend in America is $42 million. The gross is 154 I think they've made their money back. I don't even need to go into the details on that. And there's a lot of trivia. There's a couple of goofs and things like that. I'm not going to go through all them. i just got to say, it's an amazing film. As long as you don't need explosions every five seconds and if you're into music at all, you will love it. So, highly recommend. Oh, what else is happening this weekend? Hopefully i will get back on a uh, regular schedule with Banana Split. I got in touch with the guys a bit too late. The weekend that's just gone. I don't really have much to, so I do want to get to that gym, get that haircut. That's all I can think about right now catch up with the kids this week i saw lewis on the weekend we just played some board games i pulled out this mile no it was a dc board game i've been keeping stashed away for a while and we finally busted it out played operation for about five seconds it's a little too easy it's like too easy for him and then i brought it over and pulled it out with gabriel and he was like it's way too hard he just wanted to he was dragging the th- the game around by the uh, little electric pencil thing it was just making me nervous as hell He's at that age where he just wants to hit everything and everyone and it's a little disconcerting because when you say no don't hit he just wants to hit you even harder so i'm like oh, i'm a terrible parent i don't know what to do and he'll grow out of that yeah so that was fun dc i can't remember what it's called basically you have to move around uh board and pick up little cards that give you buffs and eventually fight these bad guys both throwing dice and then they throw dice and each other as well to try and steal their villains and once you've got like five villains of different types then you win and we actually managed to finish that and move on to basically just going to Coles and she got picked up and they got taken home I don't know why I still can't drive them home but it's uh, it's her call so I'm just uh, doing what I can do along with that again when he's older he'll be able to have more of a say and I'll just again enjoy whatever I can get out of that relationship with the rules as as they are and Dave Chappelle was he playing himself because it doesn't really he was playing George Noodle Stone okay I thought he was playing himself like it was ne- was never really clear a lot of people were playing themselves like a lot of musicians I like Baldwin yeah Marlon Williams who's that? I mean if you're into country music or any kind of like he's an award-winning singer-songwriter from the town of Littleton I think he might have played the guy that replaced Bradley Cooper in singing as Buddy Holly. Which is, when you hear the guy singing, you're like, wow, he sounds just like Buddy Holly, so fair enough. But yeah, it's a depressing movie. Real. Deals with alcoholism, addiction, ego, uh, creativity, family. I don't know. I'm not going to do it justice, but it's, it's, it's one of those ones that leaves you spinning. Like, you don't... You're not getting up out of waiting for the post-credit scene. You, you just can't stand up. You're just too bowled over by how intense it was. So it was definitely a feels train. And now to get on a, not a real train, but maybe treadmill. We'll see how that goes. I'll be back uh, in a couple of days to report back. Hopefully good news. But for now, yeah, that's my solid 60 for the, the first one in November 2018. We should have three more. If things go right, uh, yeah, moving to a much better year next year. All right, but for now, that's it. Thank you for listening. I know there's other options, so I appreciate all your attention. It is very much welcome. Okay, take care for now.